Yo, what up? It's your boy D Knight, and you're listening to the Part of the Interaction Podcast. Holy shit, what a week, let me tell you. <laughs> well, first of all, let me explain one thing that happened yesterday. So, I'm sitting down with the girls to record an episode for the podcast, and uh, yeah, guess who forgot to hit the record button? <laughs> Yours truly. <laughs> So poof, an entire episode of Part of the Interaction, if not two episodes, up in smoke. My bad. My bad. But we're going to make up for it today, though. <laughs> but before we do that, let's give a word to our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. Colin, CEO, he's a man. I love that dude. It's an amazing, incredible gentleman. But he also provides some amazingly soft and luxurious sheets. So soft, in fact, that I believe that if these sheets were supplied to the Justice Department, uh, Jeffrey Epstein would still be with us. He'd have just put himself to sleep. <laughs> that's, that's probably not the kind of endorsement Colin would like. But anyway, if you'd like to pick up a set of sheets or a eucalyptus pillow or any other such products, we do have some links in the show notes just for you with a discount included. Uh, and if you want to impress Colin and make our podcast look good, you can do so by supporting our sponsor. All right, moving on. So we hadn't had a chance to record an episode uh, since Trump was arraigned. And that was some wild, insane shit. Um, even though I guess, you know, we've seen that movie three times now. Because <laughs> he continues to get arraigned over and over and over again. Uh, and of note, likely to be indicted and arraigned yet again next week, but we'll get to that. We had a number of wild and rather asinine legal filings from Trump over the course of this week, as well as a number of serious legal filings from DOJ. I guess we'll start with, uh, in short, one of the fucking bonkers things Trump's lawyer said. <laughs> In a legal filing in D.C. In response to Jack Smith's request for a protective order in the January 6th case. Where Trump's lawyers claim that President Biden shared a quote thinly veiled reference to the indictment. <laughs> by advertising the mugs he was drinking out of as part of his presidential campaign on the same day that Trump was being arraigned. And in the video that we're referring to is, is one that Biden posted on Twitter where he was drinking from a mug that had an image on the side of it of President Biden himself with like the red laser eyes doing his dark Brandon shit. <laughs> Along with the 2024 and him saying, I like my coffee dark. <laughs> this is so funny. Man, apparently President Biden has Trump so shook that Trump is even scared of a cup of Joe. <laughs> Trump's lawyers then went on a claim in that filing uh, that President Biden's allies in the media have campaigned on the indictment and proliferated its false allegations. And Biden himself has capitalized on the indictment posting a thinly veiled reference to his administration's prosecution of Trump just hours before arraignment. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and say Biden posted that video. Was absolutely trolling Trump getting arrested. <laughs> I love this guy. 
Joe's my boy. Shout out to Biden. But to put this in context, um, if Trump thinks a, a cup of coffee is is a fairly ominous threat aimed in his direction, I wonder what he thinks about his own post on Untruth Social because, boy, that was a wild, some wild shit. Um, so Friday, like literally a day after Trump was arraigned in D.C., um, Trump posted some insane, bonkers stuff on on Untruth Social saying, uh, if you come after me, I'll go after you. And I feel like that's like a pretty fairly direct threat, even though, you know, his lawyers claim that he wasn't referring to anyone specific. And this was, you know, aimed at his detractors and the rhinos and whatnot, not actually law enforcement and Jack Smith and the judge, even though Trump later went on to call Jack Smith deranged and say crazy shit about Judge Chuckin. So I feel like this is, uh, as it was once so adequately put, like the the rappers in Jurassic Park testing the fucking electric fence. <laughs> like this is Trump's attempt to see how far he can push the bounds um, with his asinine and absurd behavior so that one if he is punished by the judge in some fashion he can cry foul and if he is not well, he would just continue to do more absurd and absurd shit because he believes he can get away with it um, and if you think these threats even though they seem very generalized don't have an effect I'd like to point out to you the fact that what was it like a month ago when Trump was on Truth Social and he reposted another individual's post there uh, that was presumably uh, of Barack Obama's address, which resulted in some crazy, insane fucker who was actually present at the Capitol on January 6th, uh, driving to Obama's home with a number of guns and ammunition and such, and was arrested on charges of attempting to assassinate former president obama so that's some buck wild shit not to mention that there was an individual in utah who was killed yesterday morning apparently after making numerous threats against president biden kamala harris alvin bragg merrick garland letitia james and others fbi agents and such the FBI showed up to confront him at his home in Provo uh, Wednesday morning and he pointed his weapon at agents and did not respond to their commands so they proceeded to put some bullets in his ass now this individual was known to be in possession of numerous firearms claimed to be taking a, a sniper rifle to the place where Biden actually appeared today to do untoward things to him given that the man's age was 75 you might perceive him to be less of a threat than your your average MAGA lunatic but uh, apparently age is just a number with these people uh, no matter how old they are they're they're all insane the MAGA supporters you know apparently he had the the training the know-how and the willingness to do such a thing such as attempt to Pull off an attack against President Biden. He had a possession of a sniper rifle and apparently some military training and even a ghillie suit. 
you know, to blend in in the grass and whatnot. So, um, and I do believe that this is a result of Trump's repeated attempts to rile up violence from his supporters. Um, you know, definitely some stochastic terrorism vibes going on here. I mean, clearly you saw on January 6th, like he tells an angry crowd to go to the Capitol and stop the steal, and that turned into a coup. And we have evidence that, you know, him reposting Obama's address led to an assassination attempt on Obama. Uh, the tweet about Mike Pence on January 6th led the chance of hang Mike Pence. So he knows what he's doing. And it, the shit has real life consequences, man. It's, it's serious. He's out here in, inciting his followers to do crazy shit, getting them killed. It's fucking crazy. Uh, but I do believe that, like, as dark as that is, I do believe one of the funny things about this is that when you look to see who tipped off the FBI as to this person and their online behavior and their threats uh, towards a number of individuals involved in holding Trump accountable, turns out it was true social. <laughs> Trump's own platform out here ratting out the Magonites. I mean, congratulations. True Social finally came in handy for something, I guess. This <laughs> is wild. Trump's out here on one plot, and he's getting sabotaged by his own platform. It just, man, you couldn't make this shit up if you wanted to. Speaking of social media platforms ratting out Trumpers, well, you'll never guess what happened. Twitter ratted out Trump himself. That's right, kids. So, um, so according to a recently unsealed D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals opinion, uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith and his team obtained a court-approved search warrant for Donald Trump's Twitter account earlier in January 2023 uh, as part of their investigation into Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election. But before that search warrant could be executed, Twitter had a court battle arguing that it had a First Amendment right to tell Trump about the search warrant itself. And it is very common in such cases with like a search warrant for a digital device or, or an online account of some sort uh, that includes a protective order prohibiting the notification of the individual who's having the search warrant served upon their information. But yeah, Twitter was clearly like, nah, bro, we're on this free speech kick. Like, this is a violation of our First Amendment rights. We should be able to tell Trump about this. Well, clearly they don't understand where the First Amendment meets criminality and how there are limits on what you can and cannot say in certain circumstances. And Federal District Court Judge Beryl Howe, of note for all her rulings here in multiple January 6th cases and in cases related directly to Trump himself. Uh, she disagreed with Twitter and agreed with Smith's team that there were, quote, reasonable grounds to believe that telling Trump would seriously jeopardize the ongoing investigation by allowing him a chance to either destroy evidence, change patterns of behavior, or notify Confederates. And this is why DOJ was like, bitch, we can't have that. 
Like, we can't have Trump out here telling other people, hey, watch what you do and say, because they just searched my Twitter account, right? But yeah, initially, the government also claimed that another reason to keep the warrant secret was the fact that Trump could potentially be a flight risk and might leave the country. (laughs) Although, uh, they did later retract that reason and saying they had come to that conclusion by mistake. Although, in contrast to that, the court agreed with that reason, saying that Trump could be a fucking flight risk. <laughs> that was really funny. And Judge Howe's like, yeah, that motherfucker, if he gets a night, he might leave the country. We'll never get him. <laughs> it's too funny. But yeah, so apparently there was also an issue with with Twitter's um, side of this uh, because it seems as though the portal through which law enforcement requests are generally made wasn't working when prosecutors sought to serve the fucking search warrant. So what is going on? Like, <sighs> Elon bought this massive ass company and can't afford to staff it. And to the degree where, like, if there's a law enforcement emergency, there's no way to get in contact with the company. That's fucking bananas. And also, um, in Elon's attempt to fight the search warrant, even though Howell ordered him to grant DOJ access to that account and the information, must miss the deadline and was sanctioned for $350,000. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, my bad I'm on it and that is likely the reason why Twitter can't afford to pay out uh, the ad sharing revenue that they owe my ass cause I paid my $8 so I could get my couple grand out this bitch <laughs> I still not gotten my money as you can tell it's likely a grift um, but yeah so also of note you might be wondering, like, considering Trump hasn't tweeted since, like, 2021, two and a half years now, what could DOJ possibly be looking for in Trump's Twitter account? Well, a number of things. They weren't looking for access to the public-facing information. That's already available. In fact, I'm sure DOJ wishes they could get away from all of Trump's public statements. It's insane and fucking ridiculous as they are no 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 they were looking for the private information DMs and such also of note they seem to be looking for access to his drafts unsent messages or any records of unsent or edited tweets right so just because you make a draft and you delete it on your Twitter account, it doesn't mean that it's actually gone from the servers at Twitter per se, right? So they're looking for evidence that could suggest, uh, I, I don't know, a number of things. Any of Trump's criminal intent, whether he had intended on sending out messages that could possibly be construed as engaging or encouraging criminality and whether those were edited. But also, if you're familiar with Robert Mueller's investigation, um, you might or may not be aware that once Paul Manafort 
you know, Trump's original 2016 campaign manager uh, was arrested and indicted. One of the things that he was doing in order to communicate with others in such a man- manner that he thought would be untraceable is this process called foldering, right? So, for instance, with like an email account, instead of sending an email, which is easily traceable, what you would do is you would give access to your account to another individual, and then you would create a draft email with a message that you want to deliver to that person. You would save it as a draft. You wouldn't send it. You would just leave it in the draft folder. And then that individual would access the account, pull up the draft, get that message, and then leave a response. And then instead of sending that, save that to the draft folder. And this is a way to communicate in an obscure route that is less likely to be traced by law enforcement. And I just seriously hope Trump was stupid enough to try that with his fucking Twitter account. Because, bro, let me tell you what. Twitter has all kinds of records on metadata. Like, who logged into accounts on what days and what was in particular draft tweets and messages and whatnot. So, yeah. (laughs) Again, one of the things I was saying last week is that while a lot of the information... A majority of the information contained in the indictment against Trump for his attempt to overturn the 2020 election, while most of that was already public facing, we don't actually know what other information Jack Smith's team has acquired that's not public facing. And they're not playing all their cards right now. They're like, we got enough to put in this indictment uh, to get Trump without giving away the entire game and there's likely going to be some surprises coming for Trump at trial if not in a superseding indictment but yeah that's that was a that was a wild story um and of course and of course there's also this idea that surprise Trump was finding out at the same time we all were with this story breaking in the news but apparently there was an amendment to that order months after the fact uh, allowing Twitter to at least notify Trump and I'm assuming Elon personally took care of that Um, I guess one of the things I'll do when I get a chance to is go back and look at the exact date when that order was amended giving Elon the freedom to notify Trump and cross-reference that with some of Trump's untrue social posts, because I'm sure Trump probably lost his mind that day. <laughs> It'll be a fun little game to play. And on to more insane legal filings. Trump's lawyers apparently want Judge Cannon to order a skiff installed at Mar-a-Lago, uh, because he says traveling back and forth to the courthouse uh, to discuss the classified documents that he's been charged with in su- Southern Florida would be too much of a fucking headache for him and his legal team. I mean, bro, if this is like too difficult for you, you should have stole the fucking documents. Like you didn't have to commit this fucking crime, bro. You could have just left the classified documents at the White House like you were supposed to. But here you are. <laughs> This is wild for a number of reasons. Um, First of all, I mean, 
I'll grant to you the fact that it appears as though Trump's lawyers aren't actually asking for the classified documents themselves. What they're asking is that there be uh, secured, sensitive, compartmented information facility installed at Mar-a-Lago, similar to whatever it was that he was in possession of while he was in the White House and where he could discuss this information with his lawyers. Um, Clearly, (laughs) I mean, just given the fact that it was already insane that he took the fucking classified documents in the first place to Mar-a-Lago, the way they were fucking handled was bananas, just out in the open, like Mission Impossible, like the fucking knock list. The, the shit was just every, it's out in the open, everywhere. The fucking ballroom. You saw the pictures when they finally got them to the bathroom and they were like stacked up in the fucking bathtub all the way to the ceiling behind the shower curtain. Like that was gonna fool anybody. <laughs> like, bro, this dude cannot. He's already arrested for the mishandling of classified evidence. Like, why would anyone in their right mind entrust him to be able to handle or even discuss classified information outside of their supervision? Like, get the fuck out of here with that. I mean, that just seems like a terrible idea. But again, you know, it's Judge Cannon who's, you know, appears to have been in the bag for Trump since her appointment who knows what she's likely to conclude but I would say that this is one of those things um, that if she does rule in Trump's favor and not that she actually has any control over the federal agencies that regulate SCIFs I mean I'm sure that this would be the instance the Jack Smith's team appeals to the 11th circuit and is like hey we gotta get this bitch up out of here and I am absolutely certain that the 11th Circuit would comply and mandamus her ass up out of this case. I think that's what would happen. But we'll see. We'll see what she does. Um, You know, clearly not having Trump's fate in her hands entirely now that he's been indicted in D.C., I assumed would be some kind of a leash you know, to keep her in line, right? Is she willing to risk her career to try and get Trump off in the documents case when he's likely going to be convicted in another jurisdiction for different crimes anyway? And, and even if she did somehow mess up this case, like, I don't think, I don't think anyone's really brought this up, but Jack Smith didn't even charge J- Trump for all of the documents that were in his possession. So if she messes up this trial, in such a way that these charges can be brought again. Well, Jack Smith can just bring charges for the other documents that he didn't file charges for. So like, it's, it's, it's just not, it's not worth it. But of course that would be presuming that she's a rational actor. And we have no evidence of that. <laughs> None whatsoever. And I'm absolutely sure that this has Trump feeling the heat. Of course, Trump's not the only one. Matt Gates, you know, the the Marjorie Taylor Greene of Lauren Boebert's seems to have come up with an ingenious plan to get Trump out of legal jeopardy. So while talking 
with Charlie Kirk earlier this week. Matt Gates explained his plan to bail Trump out of legal jeopardy, saying that in order to end the federal investigation, including the charges he's currently facing in Mar-a-Lago for the documents and in D.C. for his attempt to overturn the election and any future charges, he was saying that the House of Representatives should grant Trump whistleblower protection status. <laughs> He's a fucking moron. <laughs> For lots of reasons, but but namely because Trump isn't a whistleblower. <laughs> anyway, he was also saying that you can act, and this is a direct quote, you can actually bring President Trump in to give testimony to Congress and in doing so, grant him immunity. Now there's a couple of plot holes that Gates is missing in this story. Because um, he, well, first of all, the next thing he did was note that the House rules require a committee to have a supermajority vote in order to grant someone full immunity. But apparently he had a plan for that as well, saying Speaker McCarthy could set up a select committee tomorrow. Uh, and if the committee was made up of mostly Republican lawmakers, they could achieve a supermajority vote. Well, there's a lot of problems with this. <laughs> well, first of all, to set up the committee, uh, it requires more than just Kevin McCarthy. You need a majority of House representatives to vote for that meaning with the slim majority that currently have they'd have to get damn near every last one of the Republican members to vote for that and Kevin McCarthy could barely even get the fucking votes to be speaker so <laughs> good luck with that part and even if they were to somehow manage to pull that off and somehow grant Trump immunity in exchange for his testimony here's the other thing it would also require Trump to testify in full about all of these things that he's under investigation for. And we all know the last thing in this world that Trump can do is tell the fucking truth, right? <laughs> and then you open yourself up to even more charges by the Department of Justice. Because if you lie, not only can you be indicted for the lies any of the evidence that you use in your testimony can be used in the investigations against you. So the immunity would go poof and then everything you've admitted to that was truthful can be used in the prosecution. Rot roll. <laughs> and here's another thing. I'm not entirely certain that if Congress granted Trump immunity to come in and testify that it would even hold given that all of the investigative materials gathered by Jack Smith's team didn't come from his testimony and he's already been indicted so you probably have a court challenge about that from DOJ and I gotta tell you guys like this would be a situation where the current indictments might stand because there's no fruit of the poison tree scenario here. Like every, all the evidence Jack Smith's team attained was done cleanly. So uh, just 
be a huge gamble on Trump's part to even try this shit. But I mean, look again, these people are insane. No one's saying they're geniuses. They might try it. And of course, I would love to see Trump on national TV try and come in and testify about all this. That would be great. <laughs> let's hear, let's hear what he has to say. That that'd be a fun time, since we're not likely to get Trump's trials televised. And I say not likely, but not with a hundred percent certainty either, because uh, it is up to a judicial committee headed by Chief Justice. John Roberts they could change that rule anytime if they so choose and and they might who knows I mean I'm not necessarily saying that that would be in the best interest um, I mean there are pros and cons to that we'll, we'll talk about that on the next episode save that for next time but anyway not only is Matt Gates worried but other individuals involved in the conspiracy to overturn the 2020 election should be worried as well uh, notably any individuals associated with Bernie Carey because he went in to testify to Jack Smith's team this week for a number of hours uh, with his lawyer Tim Parlatore saying uh, a number of interesting things here so of note what he said investigators didn't ask about were Jenna Ellis and Mark Meadows which if you've read the January 6th report Seems like a pretty big red fucking flag. You would think DOJ would want to know all about them two fucking crackheads, right? You know, Jenna Ellis being central to these fake legal battles they were trying to wage in court. And Mark Meadows being central to, well, everything. You know, and given that Mark Meadows has been MIA for over a year now. And that he's not mentioned in this indictment at all. Like, it's not boding, not boding well for Team Trump as far as the potential for Meadows to be cooperating at this point. So that was that was fairly interesting. Also of note, he did say one of the lines of questioning was about all of the funds raised by Trump's PAC after losing the 2020 election, um, given that all that money was raised on lies. And I think we've talked about this a number of times on the podcast previously, where if Trump's pack is indicted for wire fraud, DOJ gets to seize all that fucking money. Holy shit. It's a year before presidential election, and Trump's pack could be fucking broke because they can't stop committing crimes. <laughs> And then considering how a number of state parties, a number of GOP state parties across the country are broke. And the Trump's already probably bled the small donors dry. Like they would be going into a presidential election with no money. That would be fucking insane. All, you know, also, given that Trump's PAC has been paying his legal fees to the tune of, you know, 50, 60 million dollars over the last six months. And probably headed towards a hundred dollars hundred million dollars since he left office so that would be fucking wild to have zero dollars to try and win an election with my god and you know uh so it, 
one of the few things that Trump supporters do get turned off by is the fucking grifting, right? The fact that they send him all this money is one thing, but that he's spending it on his own legal bills when he's supposedly a billionaire, a lot of them do not like that shit. And that might be incentive for them to stop the giving. Also, another line of questioning, according to Parlatore, was about Boris Epstein and Justin Clark. Trump's 2020 deputy campaign manager, Rutrow. Rutrow. Jack Smith still, still investigating 2020. That, that means more people are going to get indicted. I feel like that's <laughs> it's not been a big enough story. Indictments Indi- incoming. Still, even more. Because I don't think we've heard Justin Clark's name in forever. Maybe since like the January 6th committee hearings. Maybe. And, and I feel like we have to bring this up because I don't think it's mentioned enough when when Carrick or Parlatore are during the rounds on TV and in the news media is talking about this. But Carrick was previously indicted for committing fraud. <laughs> and pardoned by Trump before leaving office in 2021, no less. Um, so yeah, I wish, wish people would bring that up a little more often. He's already a convicted fraudster and was engaged in fraud in 2020 to try and steal the election for Trump. So, And of course, as mentioned earlier, Trump and his peoples have a little bit more to worry about than just Jack Smith. Because yes, oh yes, Fonnie Willis is coming. Those imminent diamonds are probably arriving on our doorstep next week from the looks of things. And I know, of course, everyone makes the joke imminent when she said that months ago. But I mean, look, and there were a few things that caused the delay. But she did practically tell us the exact schedule that we should be expecting when it comes to the timeline for indictments. You know, she had her special purpose grand jury. They concluded their investigation. She took their recommendation. Uh, she convened a, a, a regular grand jury. Uh, can continue to take a few investigative steps because there were <laughs> there was a minor setback. Well, I guess the major, depending on the way you look at it. Um, in that, a number of the fake electors that she was investigating were offered the opportunity to come in and testify in exchange for immunity, but they were not informed by the lawyer that was representing a number of them. She had to, you know, file a motion with the court to have that lawyer removed from their representation. They had to find new lawyers and they eventually, a number of them eventually came in and cooperated. Uh, And that led to a potential delay, right? Because it's not just like you take the the testimony and then, all right, boom, we're done. Like, no, that creates new leads to run down and, and new things to cooperate. So that was a potential delay. And then once she was finished with that, she told us to expect, you know, the middle of August to be the time frame for indictments. Well, here it is, currently August 10th. Um, you know, the Fulton County Courthouse is shut down, barricades up, uh, street closed off. Looks like the judge's calendars have been cleared. Uh, it appears as though she's heard from nearly every one of the witnesses that she was seeking testimony from 
uh, to get in front of the grand jury. I think she's down to potentially two more witnesses. And given the 48 hours notice that they were required beforehand, before going in front of the grand jury, I think if you put all of the publicly available evidence together, it points towards an indictment coming on Tuesday. Hopefully you haven't gotten bored with Trump getting indicted because he's about to get indicted again. <laughs> he's about to get indicted again. But not just him. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, apparently we should be expecting more than a dozen. More than a dozen indictments coming out of Fonnie Willis's office. Um, supposedly we should be expecting conspiracy charges, if if not RICO charges, racketeering, influence, and corrupt organization charges. Uh, you know, federal statutes are not quite nearly as robust as Georgia's RICO statutes. There, there are a number of crimes uh, that can be charged under a RICO in Georgia that aren't necessarily available to prosecutors in most states and or federally. And, and she has an expert Enrico charges in her office currently as we speak and, and she's been known to bring a number of Rico charges in her stint as Fulton County DA so whew. man it is looking rough for Trump and his peoples yep 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 and you would think that with all of this legal jeopardy that Trump is facing and all of these uh, fairly well, extremely negative headlines as far as Trump is concerned that the GOP primary would be a toss-up, if not an outright runaway, and, and Trump would have no hope of winning the primary. Nope, he's, he's leading the race. I mean, he is currently up so far that DeSantis's campaign is crumbling. <laughs> Speaking of DeSantis, as he continues to drop at the polls, uh, like seemingly a half a point every day, uh, you know, of course, he's laid off a number of his campaign staff, I think a third of them. He's also lost his wealthiest donor, so that's probably not good. Uh, supposedly, the campaign continues to rebrand itself and to attempt to rebrand DeSantis himself, which hasn't been going well. And of course, the other day, he fired his campaign manager, which is a sign that things are going swell. <laughs> and it's not that I'm rooting for Trump, but I am definitely rooting for DeSantis to fail. Especially after he removed that prosecutor from her job, largely because she was a black woman. And this is one of those PR stunts he does, abusing his power in a way that you can only presume to be obviously racist to try and attempt to gain favor with his base to get him a boost or get his name back in the headlines Ugh, just very disgusting but yeah he's he's on his way to taking his L I mean you know I guess his only hope of, of winning the GOP primary at this point is offering Trump an unlimited lifetime supply of hamburgers and and letting cholesterol run its course. <laughs> like that's that's his only hope at this point. Yeah, you know, it's been a crazy week. 
as for the usual and I'm sure next week will be even more insane uh, just endless endless insanity that we can never seem to escape from in the current political landscape uh, but we do have some good news although it does happen to coincide with the shithole of the week award um, if you were unaware Ohioans gathered enough signatures to warrant a vote on a ballot measure to adopt women's right to access abortion and other related medical service uh, medical services into the Ohio State Constitution um, upon hearing this news the Ohio GOP decided that they couldn't have that and that they would instead try to rig the system and break the game by attempting to pass a ballot measure that would require a 60 vote threshold for ballot measures to pass and to become state law as opposed to the 50% plus one vote you know majority as it currently stands right so Republicans couldn't stand to see Ohioans take their fate into their own hands through democratic measures and they tried to break the game. Well, surprise, surprise, Ohioans came out in massive droves and voted against the stupid fucking Ohio GOP by an insane margin. I think it was 58 to 43 or something, something insane like that in a state the Trump won by like 10 points in 2020. And while that's incredibly impressive and it's very hopeful in terms of what we might be seeing happen across the country in the 2024 election, I would also like to hereby award the Ohio GOP the shithole of the week award because y'all some fucking losers for attempting to try and make it even more difficult for the citizens of Ohio to exercise their democratic rights. Fuck you guys. Y'all about to lose in 2024. As for my closing thoughts, I'll keep it short and sweet here. There was a poll recently released saying that if Trump was convicted for his crimes, that... I think it was nearly 40% of Republicans said that they wouldn't vote for him in the general election in 2024. And there's two ways to look at that. One, you could say, wow, 60 fucking percent of Republicans are doomed. What is wrong with America? And you'd be right to consider things in that manner. Totally understandable. Uh, but another way to look at that is with 40% of Republicans not voting for Trump in the 2024 primary, he is toast. <laughs> if if we turn out to vote, the 2024 election is practically over before it even begins. And I hope that that news is not only comforting to you, but motivating for you to continue to try and convince everyone that this is the election of our lifetimes that we need to turn out in 2024 and make sure these individuals do not take control of the federal government ever again because if they do 
they will likely do everything in their power to end our democracy and we won't ever get it back but at least now you know for sure that if we put in the work we can win and that concludes this episode of pardon the insurrection <laughs>